Hello. It works. Sorry about the delay. I had a real problem with my uh, communications here calling out. It just wasn't connecting. So no. I had to reboot no everything. No so, issue. Okay. Man, are you watching what, what's going on with uh, Rogerstown? Oh, <laughs> yes. In fact, I just did a, a, a broadcast, and I challenged uh, Bruce Rokow, his lawyer, to come on my show and defend his lack of zealousness of defense. So, this is just un- unbelievable. Yeah. Well, how about the? And now, well, let's let's talk about this on air. I mean, let's here. Let me. Yeah. Um, okay. But let's let's talk about that on air because the bottom line is, and I'll say this on air too: the prosecutor should be held in contempt of court for using the courtroom as a public forum to express political beliefs against Alex Jones. Yeah. Unbelievable. This is going on. The judge permitted it. Should be actions filed against her, too, and why there wasn't a change of venue. We'll get it. Let's get into all that, okay? So here, let me set this here and make sure we're recording at the proper volume. And come on. Come on. Come on up. Oh, crap. Okay, let's try this again. Okay. I know I'm over the target when I have these problems. These are reoccurring problems when I have high traffic days and it's not because of the technology oh yeah I know okay um okay I think we're good here let me uh get my ad sheet and lock this down okay so we've got Okay, I think we're good. Um, Steve has our interview up on his site. Oh, awesome. Yeah, okay, I'm ready to roll. We'll go in three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Thanks for joining us here on the Common Sense Show. This is a part two interview with, (laughs) well, we're going to describe him as Wrecker, and he's a defender of the homeland. And I, I giggle because I got to make sure I choose my words wisely. And that's a mouthful. Um, part one of this interview was really well received. We got lots of uh, listeners on this, lots of hits, lots of shares. Appreciate that. And I think this one is going to be more bombastic and more explosive. But before we join Wrecker, we must make sure that we know who's bringing us this program because we got to pay the bills. We're brought to you by Food and Water. And I always say you have to have food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, tools, and some other things. But those are the essentials to meet minimal preparation needs. And the food and water at the top of the list. And I know you can argue we got to be able to protect ourselves. I get that. That's also part of it, too. But you got to have the food and water. And we have both for you here. 25-year storable food, restaurant quality, no glyphosates, no GMOs. All available at preparewithdave.com. Oh, and they got a 47% off sale. That's going to go for about another 12 days. And you want to make sure you take advantage of it. What do you get? I'm glad you asked. Four weeks. All kinds of ancillary bug out supplies. It's incredible. With a bug out kit with four weeks worth of the same quality food that you're used to. And it's on sale. That's the great thing. Give this as a gift to someone who's blind to what's going on. We're also brought to you by waterwithdave.com, the best filtration system out there, Lexapir Pro Filter. The research for the efficacy of this product is on the website, waterwithdave.com. And you'll see it's the best in the business according to the data. And what does it do? It can turn standing water that may not be drinkable into drinkable water. And you have a way to test it. It's absolutely a fantastic device. Go to waterwithdave.com and also, for you, the Common Sense Show audience, 40% off the very best tool for water purification. Waterwithdave.com and preparewithdave.com for the food. Well, our guest, part two uh, of the (laughs) record, our guest, I should say, of part two, is going to get into a lot of different topics. And uh, we agreed on the topics before coming on. And here, let me pull up what we talked about uh, off air. Uh, We agreed to talk about the cartels, 
how we see the Civil War starting, if that such a thing is going to transpire, the division within various agencies and how it will manifest in the Civil War, and whose side will the military be on? This is something that gets talked about a lot, but we don't have a lot of definitive answers. And we're hoping that our guest can shed some light on that. But before we go to all that, I want to welcome Record to the show. But he's also going to open up talking about his feelings about the sham of a trial for Roger Stone. Record, welcome. Glad you could join us. So what do you think about the Roger Stone situation? Hey, Dave. Thanks for bringing me back on. Man, a lot has happened within the last, what, 24 hours that we've been on air talking. Yes. I'm telling you, it is a absolute disgust what is going on with uh, Roger Stone. If no one knows, Roger Stone was a close confidant and friend and longtime political advisor to President Trump before he was president and while he was running. And they have tried to blackmail this guy, blackball him, take away. They've literally taken away his finances. Uh, last time I was following it, he was digging into all of his savings just to be able to pay for lawyer fees. And, you know, hey, listen here, ladies and gentlemen of America. Is this what you want for our country? Is this what you expect our legal system to be like? Because we don't have a, as Doug Hagman says, we don't have a justice system anymore. We have a legal system. Everything that used to be right is now wrong, and we've allowed this to happen. And what's going on with Roger Stone can easily happen to Dave Hodges or Steve Quell or, or Doug Hagman, all the big-name guys that are out there on these uh, podcasts and shows that are actually spreading the good word and not spreading lies like mainstream media. Now that Roger Stone has been convicted of these just bogus charges, uh, what was it? Five accounts of uh, falsifying uh, something to Congress and then a witness tampering because he spoke about the, uh, the case slightly while on the Alex Jones show. I mean, Dave, they took away his First Amendment right. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of a judge actually take away your First Amendment right so that you can't defend your own self or raise money to help yourself in a court case. This is maddening. Well, it is, and, and uh, I look at what, like, Eric Holder, what he got away with with Fast and Furious and how he refused to answer congressional questions. He was found in contempt, and nothing happened to him. Here's Roger Stone guilty of a thought crime, and they're going to put him in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, and Roger's 67. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, and, you know, if Hillary Clinton can get away with I would say murder, and can get away with 30,000-plus emails on servers that, that just so happen to be in Ukraine. Uh, all the witness tampering. I mean, you talk about witness tampering. What happens when the witness dies? Is that still tampering? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, acid washing the phones and whatever laptops, refusing to uh, hand over evidence to Congress, or smashing devices before the FBI can grab them. That is a felony. That's a felony. You or I would be in prison for doing that. I'm telling you right now, this is such a sham. And the mere fact that, what, moments after the, uh, the sentence came out, that Roger is, or the verdict came out that Roger is uh, found guilty, they immediately want to go after Alex Jones. Now, let me just put this in perspective. Did Alex Jones help spread the word and wake up America for 20 years at least and then really help get Donald Trump elected? I believe he did. I believe he had a huge hand in it. I believe that he had really spoken to the heart of Americans and yeah, Alex goes on some crazy rants, and, you know, those are just some things we have to kind of ignore from dear brother Alex. But he is talking truth. He gets people on his uh, show that CNN, MSNBC, ABC, nor Fox News would dare allow. And the reason why is because no one wants uncontrolled truth. See, they'll put truth. They'll put truth out. 
but it's a controlled truth. It's a small snippet of truth. Every time Fox News comes out, says, we have this new great uh, revelation of this case or Ukraine or Russia. Man, that's a joke. It's honestly a joke because they know so much more and they're only allowed to tell a little bit. And that's to capture the imagination of the audience. And case in point, ABC. The lady who's one of the broadcasters for ABC, she had the Epstein case for three years or more would not her, the I guess you'd say the executive members of ABC would not allow her and her team to dispose of any of the evidence. Yet that could have drastically helped with law enforcement. So while ABC is not letting this lady come out with all the evidence, with the witness testimony, what's still happening on Epstein's Island was still happening. Why aren't they brought up? Why isn't a prosecutor going, hey, you knew this crime was happening. Not only is it a crime, it's a crime against children. And there are world leaders involved. You knew it was happening. You had the evidence. You had the witness testimony. People were willing to risk their lives to come out and speak about it, and you wouldn't do it. But yet, we'll bat an eye. We'll go, oh, man, if only they could have told the story. Well, now we get the controlled story. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that pisses me off the most is everything that comes out, it's a controlled version of the truth. And there'll never be an affidavit signed that will give you the full truth because it would implicate all of the higher-ups, for the most part, that were in the Obama administration, some from the Bush and Clinton administration. Maybe someone with the last name Clinton was involved in there. I don't know. Uh, but all these, all these things are what I was talking about last show. It's the deep state. The deep state is counterpunching. What they're doing to Roger Stone is a counterpunch. I would call it a sucker punch. And if they can do it to Roger Stone, if they can do it to Alex Jones, then the American public no longer has the true right to free speech because they're setting a precedent. And that's what's so dangerous. They're setting a precedent. And now that the state or the federal government has won a victory against uh, against Roger Stone, they're going to use this, and they're going to use all the dirty steps that they've already created, and they're going to do it to Alex. But who's next? Who's next, Dave? Who would you say would be the, the biggest threat after that? I don't know. Steve Quayle, um, Doug, myself, Ted Brewer, Paul Preston. Flip a coin. Yeah, Mike Adam. Yeah, exactly. Flip a coin. Yeah. Flip you know, if, if, it was, if, it was, if it wasn't for the grace of Steve Quayle being able to give us these conferences to let people that are not so much in the shadows, but just not as known, to come out with all this evidence of the deep state and the evils that the wicked ones around the world are, I mean, it is, it's full-on war now. And I'm telling you right now, if there just so happens to be this civil war event, one of the first things they're going to do is they're going to shut down anybody who is not a part of the controlled media. And you know that, Dave. Oh, I know. I know my days are limited. Okay, well said. Let's shift gears and let's go to the topic of the cartels. What's the latest? What do you know? What can you tell us? Well, the cartels, in case nobody knows, has completely infiltrated America. And they are everywhere you don't want them to be. Uh, you know, they're, they're, we catch cartel all around the country, big towns, small towns, in between the towns, and they have plenty of networks, better networks than most of us have in law enforcement because they threaten people's lives and kill them or kill their families or torture their families after they've kidnapped them and use it all for extortion. And, you know, here's the thing about the cartel. I was going to say this last show. I have sat back and I have watched for many years, and I've seen 
just how deadly they are. I've had my run-in with cartel before. Uh, we've seen them operate. You know, we've arrested some. But what's very interesting is just how well-funded they are. And their command and control is so well-established in Mexico that, you know, it, it's, it's piddly money whenever these guys lose a truckload of heroin or a truckload of cocaine or a truckload of people. Uh, you know, that's normally what they want to do is they want to ship over the slave trade, which I promise you, I'm telling you right now, in warehouses and in houses in Mexico are people in cages waiting to be sent north into America. There are warehouses filled full of money, filled full of drugs, just waiting to come over here. So old that some of them are just being eaten up by rats. Yeah. And, and don't think that the American uh, government doesn't know where these things are. And what's so sad is if we knew the same thing was happening, if there was just so happened to be a warehouse filled full of arms and ammunition as well, and explosives and people willing to use it, in Mexico, well, we're not doing anything about it. And one of the fears is that it would greatly affect our economy and our trade with Mexico. I, for one, don't give a damn about our trade with Mexico. I don't care about our, our economy as it comes to our trade with Mexico. I'm pretty sure we can do without. But what I'm absolutely sure that we should not do without is the loss of more American lives to the narcotics or to the gangland violence. And it's going to continue to spread. And every year they get more infiltrated, they dig in, and they just get more people on the payroll. I mean, there has been dozens or more, probably hundreds of CBP, Border Patrol, Local lawyers, police, maids, everybody's on the take when it comes to it at some point in time because they get caught. And, you know, whenever you go into some of the CBP facilities, there'll be that sheet on the wall with everybody's name who's been caught. Not mm -hmm. saying that CBP and Border Patrol are controlled uh, by the cartel. They are not. They are patriots. They're doing their job. But it doesn't mean that every now and then there's not a scumbag it just so happens to go, yeah, you know, hand me that $5,000 and I'll let you through. You know, it, it happens. And we catch them every now and then. And trust me, it's not worth the 20 or 30 years in prison that they're going to go to. Because we will nail our own people to the wall, but we won't touch the cartel. If someone in this country happens to have a, you know, whatever type of narcotics that they have, they will get nailed to the wall, but we won't touch the cartel. We know of MS-13 and all of the other cartel gangs that are affiliated with them that are in America. And when we catch them, we nail them to the wall, or we just support them and they get away with murder, but we won't touch the cartel. And we allow the Mexican government to continuously send its most evil people up into our border. That's one of the things, you know, you have to describe what uh, President Trump was speaking about, about the bad people coming across to the border. He knows about the cartel. And he knows that there's a lot of government bureaucrats who don't want the cartel touched for whatever reason. I think we could speculate, but they don't want them touched. And Trump has been fighting for it. Ever since Trump has been in, we in the federal government and, you know, some of the states and locals We've been waiting for the leash to be taken off because it would be all hell breaking loose once they say, hey, cops, go get them. No, no more hiding them. No more protecting them. Go get them. I promise you it will be a very, very quick war, but it will be a war because these guys are also pushing now automatic weapons, heavy machine guns, explosives all kinds of stuff across our poorest border to fund and arm their own gangs that are infiltrated into these border towns and border cities. So that's one thing you have to consider when Trump says, I want to 
Well, that means you want to invade Mexico. And if you invade Mexico, we're going to get shot from the from Mexico and right behind us in our own border town. And this is just my speculation. And after, like I said, years of watching this, I believe probably one of the best things that we can do is that we take the Mexican border with America and we turn it into the world's largest DMZ. We just bulldoze everything that's within a hundred miles of our border and we create four corridors to get into Mexico and to get out of Mexico. But speaking on that, I was just reviewing a video of a family from Texas as they went across the border into El Paso. They went into Juarez and were immediately stopped by cartel and were told that they have to pay them to come across into Juarez. And they were followed. Luckily enough, this family was able to boot, scoot, and boogie all the way back to the bridge and get back into Texas. That's what you're going to get as a welcoming party when you go to visit Mexico. I'm telling you right now, visit Mexico at your own risk. But out of all the beautiful places in America, out of all the beautiful places in the world, why would you willfully drive into a war zone narco state? The, the cartel in Mexico and from several other countries around the world have declared them to be terrorists. But the American government has it. But we're worried about terrorists that are 2,000 miles away when we have a little arm, a literal army of terrorists just south of our border. And the only thing you can do, and, you know, Dave, I hate to say it. It's going to end up sounding like Judge Dredd. But the only thing you can do is to create this large DMZ just a wasteland that there's nothing there that we can see everything they can't sneak anything across they got four corridors and as soon as you come in you get the iris scan you get the fingerprints we get your name your number we run your uh we, we run you on the fbi database to see if you have wants and warrants we, we do all that and then you go to secondary and your car gets x-rayed and you get further interview and the canine sweeps around your vehicle and Hey, let's go ahead and sleep before explosives and narcotics while we're at it. Because if you want to stop the infiltration from the Mexican cartel, that is one of the only ways you can do it. We have seen it happen before. We're waiting for one 18-wheeler, one 18-wheeler that was tipped off to us that has narcotics on it. Meanwhile, while we're wasting our time waiting on one 18-wheeler, even when we catch it, six or seven others have already passed by. They're a Fortune 500 company. They don't care if we catch $20 million worth of narcotics because $100 million worth of narcotics just went right by us. So how do we win this fight? We have to shut the border down. We have to build the damn wall. And I've been in the areas where the wall is being built, and I've stood there in the areas where they're climbing over the wall. You know, I mean, there's within the El Paso area, when I was working down there for a period of time, there was three to four Border Patrol uh, agents on for a 12-hour shift, and they had 12 miles, four of them. Luckily enough, the rest of us from the government were down there, and we were helping out their numbers. However, you know, when two or 3,000 people within the matter of four or five hours come across to you. The cartel is sending them to us. We're watching it happen. And while we're being distracted with this large wave of humans, the drugs are going to the left and they're going to the right and they're going underneath us. You know, it, in some ways you would have to say that you have to completely shut the border down for a period of time so we can put all of our countermeasures in place and make sure that they're working and test them. And we had to do it lickety-split before we really start affecting commerce and, you know, people trying to go back and forth and uh, kids going to school. Because if people don't know this, on the border, there are tens of thousands of children from Mexico who come into America to get education. 
You know, some people don't know that. I, I still oh, I do. They, they ride the bus yeah. across the border. I, I know I'm all I'm all aware of it. Yeah, I mean they're getting their free education and not paying taxes. How does that make you feel? Well, I just love paying for them. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I love going to work so I can set aside some of my money for people who cross the border illegally. It's my patriotic yeah. duty, according to the Democrats. Right, right. But you know their kids are all in private schools and have armed guards that pick them up. It is such a lopsided uh, thought process that the Democrats have. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know what they're doing is hurting the American people. They understand that they're putting many people in danger. And I understand the complaint when people say that law enforcement is becoming too militarized. Okay, let's just get this one out there. Being that I'm in law enforcement, being that I am a vet, there are some things that just have to evolve, like our law enforcement. If you were able to go up against cartels who had 50 cal machine guns, RPGs, hand grenades, belt-fed automatic weapons of whatever type, and all we have are shotguns, an AR-15 or M4, and a pistol, what do you expect is going to happen? We are going to be outmanned, outgunned, and overrun. There's nothing we can do. We eventually have to have a better weapon system. We have to have fire superiority, but it's not happening. They're not giving us anything. And, you know, people will, will moan and complain, oh, the cops got, got tanks now. They're not tanks. They're MRAPs. That's all they are. They're small-arms ballistic-resistant vehicles that we used in Iraq and Afghanistan and in Africa because of the threat of mines and improvised explosive devices. I'm damn glad to see any department that has one because in case anybody has any concern at all for law enforcement, you want those guys to be as prepared as possible for when there's a hostage situation or when, like what happened in Philadelphia, there was an undercover sting, and the housing authority gets completely overrun by two guys with ARs. Well, because the rest of Philly PD normally doesn't run around with long arms, they had to call in SWAT. Hundreds of rounds were fired from a elevated position. I'm damn glad those guys had an MRAP or you know one of these tanks, these evil tanks, to protect them. That way they could stop the bad guys. That way no one else gets hurt. Now, granted, I have seen cops and I have talked to cops who honestly believe we need these things to defend ourselves against the American people. To an extent, that's a correct statement because there are some Americans who are anti-government, anti-Christian, anti-Jew, anti-Muslim, uh, anti-everything, and they want to hurt as many people as possible. Well, in case no one has ever been in a gunfight before, I have. I want to have the most unfair advantage imaginable. That way, no matter what, my guys go home and I go home. Because the tax dollars pay for us to have these, this equipment, to have this training, provide the ability to enforce the law to stop the cartel to stop the terrorists, to stop the domestic terrorists, like Antifa. We just wait until the Civil War starts. Everyone will complain until the Civil War starts or until you're caught in the beginning of it and you wish the cops would come and rescue you, rescue you in that armored tank. But because of the civilian outreach that's going on now so that certain cities can have a civilian council that then dictates what law enforcement can and cannot do and pretty much only guarantees a large civil lawsuit that you will lose, you will lose your job, you will lose all your money, and you may just go to jail because it's that day of age. A lot of cops don't want to do anything anymore. They're scared to, especially a lot of our rookies, a lot of young Americans who go, I want to give back to America. I want to protect my people, protect my community, but they're scared to. And the Democrats are the ones who did that. People don't understand this, but the Democrats are the ones who put these crazy thoughts in people's minds. 
And Obama did a great job of turning the American public against cops. He did a fantastic job of bringing up a potential race war. And every time that didn't work, the blame went back on cops. Every time there's an active shooter, somehow or another, the gun is involved, the gun is blamed, and then cops are blamed because they're never around. Well, that's because there's never any funding anymore, because everyone complains. But you can't have it your way. As Pastor David Lankford says, it's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can't have a demilitarized, castrated law enforcement who's scared to do their job, but you also can't have a bunch of Judge Dredd's running around either. So it's a very fine line that law enforcement has to walk, which is why we don't have the weapons we need. We don't have night vision. We don't have the thermal imaging that we need. That would greatly help us. But the cartel has all of that. And it will be used during the Civil War. And these same things that the cartel has, the training they get from special forces from around the world, occasionally from some of our own guys, Sorry, America, but that does happen. But we have been following these guys, and there has been rumors, intel, that Antifa is traveling to Mexico to get this training. And then they come back, and they crowdfund, and they buy these weapons. They buy these tactical devices. And then they're never used. And it only makes me think they're gathering up arms and munitions for a reason. What say you, Dave? <laughs> well, I know a fair amount about what you're talking about in the funding. Let's put it this way. There's been a blending between Middle East terrorists and the cartels for some time. The first reference I saw to it in print was in the Tucson Daily Star in 2006. And local police was raising a fuss over what was happening. And I think it was basically a hidden call to DHS to, and the Border Patrol to step up and protect the communities. And uh, they quickly went away. They never came up with that again. I think they were told to shut up. So we know that's true. You're absolutely right. Um, you mentioned civil war, and I, and I want to go there. And I want to talk to you about if a civil war breaks out, how will it start? What role will the cartels play? How will the military be divided? How will agencies such as FBI, DEA, CIA, DHS, you name them, how will they um, come down in the conflict? Well, you know, this is a conversation that, as you know, is well talked about within our small community. I would tell you that it would start with the removal of Trump. I think that's an obvious one at this point, wouldn't you? It would start with the removal of Trump, and I would say then the removal of our gun. I would have to say that Google and Facebook are on the ball for helping the deep state create a social credit score system just like they are in China. And there goes your first, your, you know, your first Amendment. Your free speech is done. Your right to practice your religion is done. Your right to assemble is done. Um, you know, you're not going to have the right to assemble if you get, don't even have the right to protect yourself. So the guns are going to be next. Mm -hmm. They're going to be able. They're going to find a way to legislatively screw over all the gun manufacturers. But what's next, Dave? Where does it stop? The ammunition is next because we can't take away 400 million guns plus ammo from the Americans. Granted, there will probably be a large percentage of idiots who will go, you know what, I don't need this. I'm going to go and sell it back for peanuts because, you know, some of my ARs that I have are four or $5,000 once you add everything together. The government might give me $400 for it, and they'll probably give it to me in a Walmart card. Yeah, that's not happening. I, I'm not trading that in. You know, I, I, I would implore anyone, when the gun buyback starts, do not give your guns up. Don't give your guns up. Don't do what they did in World War II that put Hitler in power. That's how so many people died. That's how a war was literally created around the world. 
That's how so many people were killed in Russia and in China and in Vietnam and in Korea, also in Cuba. I mean, we can keep going. America is next. America is on the chopping block for our civil liberties, our rights, our God-given rights to protect ourselves and live a full, honest life. It's in danger. And the Civil War will take it all away, and they'll replace it with what China has now. If anyone's paying attention to Hong Kong, that will not last very much longer. China, Beijing, will not allow Hong Kong to continue what they're doing. All they're doing right now is they're trying to devise a way to make those guys look like really, really bad guys to either infiltrate it or get someone killed so that they can rush in with the military or open fire into the public. Give it a matter of time. It will happen. But here in America, Trump's going to get taken out. Pence will be, take, er, Pence will be taken out. Nancy Pelosi will declare herself queen of America and then probably step down and give it to Hillary since Hillary is coming out of the cave finally. She's dragging her reptilian stomach across the ground. She's ready to come out. She's going to be the next president, and she will be the de facto dictator of America. Russia is scared to death of that woman because they know how insane she is. But you got to think, so does China. So does Iran. So, you know, one day, do your research. Look at all the people who gave money to the Clinton Foundation, and you'll know who she's aligned with. Because the American people, they aren't part of that club, as Bruce Carlin would say. But this is one thing I would pay attention to, is who does the military side with? Well, whenever Trump came in, there was already military generals and service members and FBI and CIA and DHS. There was also Secret Service and ATF. There was a lot of big-name three-letter agencies to include commanding officers in the military and in Pentagon who completely said, do not let this man be president. Well, now he's president. I'm not following his orders. I'm not going to protect him. We need to overthrow him. The coup started the day he was inaugurated. The coup started with the Women's March, I would have to say. And ever since then, there have been some of us who have been keeping tally marks keeping people's names, who keep coming out against the president. Because that's going to dictate who goes where and what gets divided. Imagine this, Dave. Trump is gone. Pence is gone. The American public has had enough. The small wars across the cities have started. The military will get called in, but they won't go from west to east. They won't go from north to south. The deep state will have their own protection details, and they will be whisked away safely to go to whatever armored redoubt that we built for them. That's where they'll go. A large military contingency will set up a camp there and protect them until everything, quote-unquote, goes back to normal. But I don't think it'll ever go back to normal because one of the biggest plans is to let America destroy itself so we can call in the U.N., we can get our aid and support from China, and give half this country away. I don't know why. I, I don't. You have to. You have to sit back and go. What do the Democrats get from it? What are they ruling at this point? Because they want to make themselves kings and queens. What will they be ruled by? Because China will take over everything. The Communist Party, whenever they were rising up, killed everyone who supported them. You know, you gotta. They, they should know their own history at this point that this will happen to them. But that's why they'll have their own military. And there will be people who will willfully say, I'll take that hot meal in that warm bed. All I got to do is protect these people. I don't have to live out there in the uh, wastelands of America. Okay, I'll do that. That way me and my family can survive. I will just, I will move my morality to the side. I'll suck it up. This too shall pass. And everything will go back to normal. But it won't. But there are people who are actually convinced at some point in time that I'm going to take my battalion or my regiment or my division and we're going to side with the deep state. Well, even amongst that, you have patriots. And 
you know, the large amount of what's in the military, I would dare say well over 95% of what's in the military are patriots. So if you think, if me and you can come up with that, the deep state knows it. That means they may get 5% of the military. Well, that's not very much. But it all depends on what they can control. They can easily repel any type of small arms assault because we don't have air. We don't have the drones. We don't have the satellites. We don't have the radio communications. And we don't have the actual air power. But the Navy is always that caveat. Will the admirals be on our side or be on their side? Typically, the only side that I ever actually see that will probably be on the American side is the Marine Corps, my beloved Marine Corps. I think there's still some of the only patriots that are out there. Even though you got, you know, James Mad Dog Mattis, who has now, you know, showed his true colors. Uh, the the better half of the Marine Corps that I know of, the infantry side, no. I, I just could not imagine that they would give themselves over to the deep state. Because the Marine Corps has been the most sold our, our lives to America out of any other branch of service. We're fanatical about it. We're absolutely fanatical about it. That may or may not be a good thing morality-wise, but those are the most patriotic out of all the service members. And I've served with every service every branch. I've served with them. I've worked with them after for 15 years. And I'm telling you right now, I don't trust the Air Force. I do not trust the CIA. There are levels of the Navy that I do not trust. And the Army, to me, has really forgotten where it came from. Yes, I wish I've the seen Army it too. Did. I'm seeing yeah, it too, I Doug. I, I agree. Up. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I really wish they would wake up at some point. You're echoing my worst fears. I have not trusted the Air Force. I mean, they came into being at the same time the CIA and the NSA did. That's not an accident. And they had command of the secret space program. I have family history that I know about this from. And then Trump said he invented the secret space program and made it public. No, no, he didn't. He just took it away from the Air Force as much as he could. These people are not, the leadership is not loyal to America. And I'm not talking about the airmen or the officers. But if a conflict breaks out, how do you see things dividing? Well, I, I think it'll go down to tribalism again. It'll be one city versus another or one state versus another. You know, uh, I completely see New York trying to become its own uh, its own island. Uh, I, I, I honestly believe that California, once a civil war breaks out, should we should just step away and let whatever happens to California happen. There are too many gang members, for one. There's too many high-rise buildings and the amount of civilians who will be in the way of the conflict, yeah, I mean, I just see too much collateral damage. But the same thing for Seattle, the same thing for Dallas, or Houston, or Baton Rouge. All the big cities, and almost every big city, is controlled by Democrats for a reason. They are going to be these small little kingdoms. And... That's where the gangs will go. That's where the cartel will go. They'll be their henchmen. They'll be their street soldiers. They'll be their eyes and ears. And I would have to say that America will be so divided. And me and Bob Griswold have talked about this. Your area of operation is going to be where you live in and as far as your tank of gas will go. I would not tell anybody once the Civil War starts unless you're trying to get to a place to escape, do not go to the point that your gas runs out. If you can, if you're in the rural areas or if you're out in the suburbs, get out of the suburbs, it will be a war zone. There's nothing in a suburb that you can survive from. You have very well manicured lawns. You'd have you know, great victory gardens. Maybe you have a walled-off community that all the men can get together and the women can get together and you can protect. 
But that will only last for so long. Eventually, you got to go out and get supplies. The issue with a lot of these places is that what happens during Civil War when another uh, foreign power is coming in, they start cutting power, just like we did. We cut power. Well, if the only way you get heat and water is through power, you can only survive three days without water. What do you do? You're going to be forced to move. I, honestly, Dave, it will be chaos. It will be utter, utter chaos. If I were to do it, the way I would do it, if I was a very bad person, is I would take America down with an infrastructure. I would use a hacker group. I would attack the grid with nonstop DDoS attacks as direct denial of service. And I would make your nuclear reactors go offline. And I would start taking down everything, your Internet, your phone service. Uh, I'd hit all of your um, local uh, step-down stations where the energy is being transferred to. And I would just sit back and I'd watch it all start exploding. You know, the, nukes, uh, the nuclear uh, the nuclear energy places won't necessarily just explode. But after a period of time, if the water's not there, cooling down the rods, well, you're going to have a Fukushima event happen. You know, and if we want to retain this country so that we can use its soil to feed our people, we don't want that happening. So we want to quickly reestablish power in these very significant areas. But for the rest part, we want it to go black. Because the moment the rest of America goes black, chaos starts. The end fighting starts. Uh, you know, you know, you got about three days for first responders until they book it and it's time for them to take care of their families. Your government is well taken care of. Ladies and gentlemen of America, do not worry about your government. Because your congressmen and your senators and the State Department and all the big wigs from all the agencies will be very well taken care of. Because there are established bunkers around this country, and you do not have a seat in it. I do not have a seat in it. Because they expect me to be out there dealing with all of you. Luckily, I have my head screwed on straight, and I have my own plan. Trust me, Dave, there are a large number of us waiting for the day for us to give each other that text message or phone call. Hey, it's happening. Broken arrow. You know, Comanche, Comanche, Comanche. It's taking place. Time to bug out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not answering my phone. In fact, my phone's not going with me. Thanks for giving me all the ammo and weapons. I'll take that, too. And uh, you can keep the G-Ride. But I'm not going into work. And I would implore everyone not to go into work. Take care of your family. As soon as it happens, start listening for what's going on. That would be the very what are the warning? What are the warning signs? Because as you just said, you can't go farther than your tank of gas when the trouble starts. What are the warning signs that could be precursors to you being able to get beyond the range of your vehicle? What would you look for? Well, I mean, when you say warning signs, Dave, that can mean a lot of things. You know, I would immediately tell people, I, I would tell you from right now until we know for a fact Trump is reelected, keep at least two gallons worth of gas or two gas tanks worth of gas at your house. I don't know how many gas tanks that's going to be for you, but you want to be able to fill up your gas tank twice without stopping without going to a major place i lived through katrina and rita and i remember growing up refilling my truck as a young kid and a man shot another man in front of me because there was a big pile of that bumblebee chicken and they fought over it that's how fanatic it got at that point in time that's how that's how drastic people were going. You know, uh, the red. I lived through part of this. All of us who are from the South, who are in Hurricane Alley, we've lived through this. Uh, you know, Red Cross can only pass out so much water bottles and MREs until the point that they have nothing else to pass out. You know, I, I saw lines, four to five hundred people long, for the Red Cross station 
so they could seek medical attention. You better have your medicine in line, too. You know, God forbid, and God help anyone, when these days happen, if you're on some sort of life-saving medication. And, you know, it's funny that the government has put those uh, regulations in place where you can almost never have more than a month's supply of your medication. My father is one of those. And these are things that we have to talk about. They're very hard decisions, especially for my diabetic. And being that you know, part of my career was in the medical field, you know, there, once the chaos starts, and we don't have clean power, or we don't have clean water, we don't have power, more people will die from scrapes and cuts than from gunshots. And that, that's a sad fact. Dysentery will kill half the population. It, but you know, that's the worst-case scenario. And like what you and I have discussed before, Dave, how many different scenarios have we thought of at this point in time? Well, there's no shortage, but they carry commonalities. And I think that um, I just want, is, is there a trigger event in the government, what you'd see to say, okay, it's happening, it's happening quick, we maybe have 48 hours, we got to hit the road. What kinds of things do you think would give us a clue before it was too late to act? Anything happening to Trump. That's what I'm looking at. Okay. Anything. Yeah. And I mean anything and everything. Oh, Trump, who is the healthiest president we've ever had in our history. Oh, he had a heart attack and died. What? This guy was considered to be fit as a horse in his 70s. How did that happen? Oh, he happened to eat, you know, a, a bad piece of pork chop and, uh, you know, he died from a disease. I don't believe that. Or there'll, there'll be an assassination, and I pray against it every day. I plead the blood of Jesus over that man and his family, even if you don't agree with him or not. Even if sometimes I think, are you part of this plot? Because you're not doing what we voted you in to do. I still plead the blood of Jesus over him because he's keeping the demons at bay. He's keeping the communists at bay. The entire world is scared of Donald Trump because they know he's a man of his word. He will send down hellfire and brimstone just like he threatened little Kim Jong-un. He will do it. But eventually he's got to get the deep state away from him because the deep state wants to kill this man. And for whatever reason, he keeps putting them in power. But does he keep putting them in power because we've ran out of everyone else? Or for another reason? You know, we have to speculate on this, right? But if something happened to Trump, and if something happened to Pence, uh, uh, yeah, our, our plan's being activated immediately. We're going to our little honey hole, and we're starting the compound. Now that I'm I'm telling you, that is, that's what half the government is waiting for at this point. Wow. This has been very, this is extremely sobering. And um, the thing is, is Trump could go down tonight. And how much time do you think we'd have before we'd see irrevocable problems? A week. A week. Well, we got 10 seconds. <laughs> we have talked right up until our time to end this has been fascinating i'm going to keep the communications open record because we need to stay in touch you have an open invitation to come back here anytime we got a scoot we're up against the break thanks for joining us thank you dave